Hello and welcome to the Sex with a Marriage podcast. My name is JD and I blog over at uncoveringintimacy.com. And today we're doing another roundup of our anonymous questions from our Have a Question page. They're coming from June, so we're nearly caught up. Uh, we're also at about a thousand responses on our latest survey about premarital sex. So if you haven't participated yet, and I know the majority of you haven't because we get about 4,000 people listening to each podcast episode or reading the blog posts, please help us hit our goal of 2,000 responses. Uh, the link is in the show notes. It should be right in your podcast player, or you can go to the website and find it. And now on to the questions. Uh, question one is, this question is referenced to Deuteronomy 22 verse 5. Now, for those who don't know every Bible verse off by heart, like me, uh, it says, A woman shall not wear a man's garment, nor a man put on a woman's cloak, for whoever does these things is an abomination to the Lord your God. Uh, He continues, I saw a man in the mall wearing a dress. He has a beard and does not identify as a woman. He looks like a man who happens to be wearing a dress. Is he cross-dressing? I know God does not like blurring the gender lines as he created male and female. However, he identifies as a man and looks like a man. However, his fashion choice is a dress. Is it a sin for him to be wearing a dress even though there is no gender identity issue? So, you saw a man, and you said it looks like he's just a man who happens to be wearing a dress, but you have no idea. And that's the problem, especially today. You can very easily send the wrong message, and we are supposed to abstain from even the appearance of evil. That's in First Thessalonians 5 verse 22, if you want to look it up. Uh, so that's not something I would do at all. As for the man in the mall, he gets to make his own decisions, and his decision to cross-dress doesn't impact me much unless he starts going into the wrong dressing room or something similar. Then we have a problem. Uh, question two is, I struggle with getting it right with initiation. If I initiate and my wife doesn't feel like it, she still feels obligated so that she can be a good wife. Uh, sometimes I just need a quick hand job to get me through a few more days until we have the time and desire for some good sex. But I never know if it'll be a chore or an act of kindness she wants to do for me from her perspective. Sometimes we have done where I masturbate while my wife snuggles and touches me to get me excited. And that works pretty well and normally a fast way to do it. That sometimes is not an acceptable solution if she's in the quote, good wife obligation mood. I think since her role is less active in that case. If I ask and it turns into a chore night, then the negative energy kind of makes it harder for me to ejaculate. So it takes my wife longer to finish me and therefore makes her hand more tired and she feels more chored. I feel bad for her and then I don't want her hand to hurt and I don't want her to feel like I'm another chore she has to do. I feel like we should be able to have a conversation to see if it's a good time for my wife to release me, but if she's in a chore mood, she'll not have that because she can't sleep well then if she knows I need it. This isn't the way every time. Sometimes we can talk about it, and it's not a big deal to choose not to do it then, but I never know which mood she'll be in. So for now, my solution seems to be just wait as long as I can and hope she either offers to relieve me or just ask and spin the dice to see how she will respond. What can I do to help have a more constructive conversations with her about my needs without invoking bad wife guilt and creating negative feelings in my wife towards releasing me? Are there any ways I could improve in the ways I think about the situation? Yeah, absolutely. I have two ideas. Uh, The first idea is that 
moods are dynamic. Nothing is stopping you from trying to get her in the mood. This is especially true for those who have spouses who experience responsive desire more than spontaneous desire. Waiting for them to be in the mood is a bad plan. You have to create, inspire, and draw that mood out of them. How that happens is going to be different for every couple, but instead of trying to figure out if she's in the mood, instead adopt an agreement that together that any night you have an opportunity to try and get her in the mood together some nights this will work some won't but it's a lot better than waiting for it to happen on its own the second thought is that you are rejecting her expression of love that duty obligation or good wife attitude that you're being negative about is her trying to show you that she loves you and that she's dedicated to helping you feel good regardless of how she feels It's a selfless expression of unconditional love, and you're saying, well, it's not good enough because I want you to do it for selfish reasons, because you're in the mood. And I get it. It's a lot more fun to play with a spouse who is really aroused. But if you continue down this path, I'm willing to bet that one day you'll be asking another anonymous question that starts with, my wife doesn't want to have sex with me anymore. Uh, Instead, accept the gift for what it was and be sure to show a lot of gratitude for what she's willing to do because there are a ton of men reading this who would love to have that problem because their wife only only has sex when she's in the mood, as in the next question, uh, and in many cases, that's rare. So they're starving while you complain about the snacks between meals. Lastly, if her hand gets tired, take over for her to achieve orgasm. She'll still be there, still part of the experience, just because you start with her giving you a hand job doesn't mean you have to end that way. All right, question three is, sex is a chore to my wife. Sometimes she wants it, and then she gets it, of course. The rest of the time, she blames me for being needy and being a bother. What can I do? There is a temptation to deny my wife sometimes when she wants it to show her what it feels like to want it and not get it. Of course, that's wrong. So, yeah, that would be wrong. It's manipulative instead of having an adult conversation. Instead, I'd sit her down and say, I want to believe that you love me, but I'm struggling to understand how you think it's okay to reject me for sex so often when you get it whenever you want. How do I reconcile these two things? And then see what she says. If she continues to blame you for being needy and a bother, I'd ask where she gets her standard of how much is too much. Is it, If it's just based on what she wants, well... Why does she get to set the standard, and how does that line up with biblical principles? Now, there's a good chance that she'll blow up and get mad at you, and if that happens, you should just stay calm and say, you know, I'd like to have a conversation about this, not a fight, because I'm struggling. Uh, It makes me feel used and unloved. And if she continues to dismiss it or yell, say, look, when you're ready to talk about it, I'm willing to, but I'm not interested in being yelled at. Then get up and walk away. Give it a few days and bring it up again. And if that doesn't work, I'd involve a third party, a coach, counselor, therapist, another couple, whatever. But but if you can't talk about it together like adults, then you need help. All right. And our last question, question four is, hi, Jay. I previously wrote in about bed rest and sexless pregnancy due to medical complications. By God's grace, our baby was born at full term. Sadly, this year has been incredibly difficult with healing from a difficult birth, a very colicky baby for over six months, many feeding complications, cannot take solids, uh, little to no sleep, multiple baby allergens, and constant breast pumping that takes nine to ten and a half hours a day. A medical team has been following us and trying to help when possible, but there hasn't been many solutions presented. With all of this, I feel a bit fearful of another pregnancy. 
but I have such a gut feeling that we should get pregnant again and have more children. I have prayed about it, and neither of us is in a good place thinking about more children because we are still in the thick of it. Do you have suggestions for wrestling with that fear? I've spoken online with a therapist, but I haven't been able to get over this fear. It's been a very hard journey into parenthood. Thanks. So, we didn't have difficult births, sick babies, allergies to deal with, or anything like that. Uh, and that baby phase was hard enough. Like, I cannot imagine what that's like. So I'd say, why not take a break from thinking about another baby? I, I don't know what this gut feeling of yours is about having another baby. I cannot judge whether it's from God or a crazy idea. Um, but I do see in the Bible that if God wants you to do something, he won't leave you alone about it. Uh, it won't be a vague gut feeling for long. It'll be in your face. Uh, Jonah is the most obvious example, but there are many others. Uh, Noah, Moses, Gideon, Samuel, Jeremiah, Paul. Uh, I'm sure there are more. Uh, I'm not sure I can think of one example where God gives a vague feeling and then they don't listen and he just never follows up. So I say there's nothing wrong with just trying to get through this phase. And if God smacks you in the head and says, hey, what are you doing? Then listen, of course. But all this anxiety over a gut feeling, that's not going to help anything. Now, if anyone out there is listening and has a different idea of how to approach this or any of the other questions, please feel free to put it in the comments below. Uh, I would love to have more discussions and more debate on the blog itself. Uh, if not, if you're a member of our forum, we can talk about it there. And those are all the questions for to get it today. Again, remember to complete the survey if you still need to. If you're tired of hearing me remind you, get more people to fill it out. Uh, if you have a question of your own that you'd like to have answered, you can visit our anonymous have a question page and submit it there. Some people have been submitting the question anonymous lately and then joining the forum for a month just so they can see the discussion. Uh, you're more than welcome to do so. Some stick around, some leave after the month. We're okay with either. But that's it for today. We'll talk to you next time.